people will make a decision whether God is with them based on circumstances. Circumstances do not tell me if God is present or absent. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. It's not the trial that makes you, it's what you do in the trial. Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. All right, so let's go to the Word of God. Um, I'm, I'm going to share with you briefly. I won't be very long before you today. Um, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. I thank you. It is through the gospel that I'm able to share what you have done for us in Christ. I pray that our lives will be eternally changed as a result of this word that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So today I want to be before you. I won't be before you long. Um, long to me is like five hours. So I'll be done in five hours. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, we're going to talk about the fruit of kingdom living. And I say the fruit, the fruit of kingdom living. Of kingdom living. So um, I, I want to go. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Psalm 127. Psalm 127. I'm reading out of the ESV version. Psalm 127. The fruit of kingdom living is about stand plugged, stand plugged into the source, who is Jesus. If you live in contact with Christ on a daily basis, you will have the fruit of kingdom living, living for Jesus, living in Jesus, living with Jesus will produce eternal fruit. Um, there are some who are living for themselves, but as believers, we are to live for him, live in him. And live with him. And I want to encourage you. Uh, we are just one heartbeat away for, from eternity. Before long, we'll be with Jesus or without him in eternity. And so I want us to look at some things of producing fruit that will abound in eternity. I heard a, a great man, producer of the Passion, Mel Gibson, I believe it's Braveheart. He said, what we do today will echo in eternity. And so we have an opportunity like no other. This time that we have together right now at 11 o'clock on the 30th of July, 2023, will never be anymore. So you have an opportunity right now to produce some fruit that will abound. Now, if you've been producing fruit, praise God, there's some more fruit you can produce. And if you haven't been producing fruit, you can start today. Amen. Eternity is right before you. And I wanted to make sure as a pastor, as a as the Lord's mouthpiece here, I want to remind you or to introduce you to the opportunity that you will be judged and rewarded based on what you have done in this life. So Psalm 127 helps us. It's a powerful um, passage. It reminds us of something very profound. Verse one, I'm just going to look at verse one. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. I mean, know that unless the Lord is building your house, building your life, you're in vain. I heard the Clark sisters say years ago, my mom took me to the Clark sisters when I was just a little boy and um, I don't know if y'all know who the Clark sister is. Um, there's these uh, women from 
Detroit, Michigan, and they helped shape my life. I feel like I know them, but I really don't know them. I met, I met Twinkie once, and then she condemned me. It was right before I got married, and I told her I have all her CDs along with some secular CDs, and she said, secular? And that was the, my impression I made on the Clark Sisters. <laughs> I said, you're judging me, huh? But she's singing with Missy Elliott, but we won't talk about that. I'm well, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was shade. Um, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build will labor in vain. If you're building your life, if the Lord is not helping you to build your life, you're laboring in vain. Um, Let's go to a couple more scriptures and then we'll be finished. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It feels good to be here. I give a shout out and honor to um, Lady Courtney, who did a banging job last week. Anointed of God, prophetess of the Lord, who spoke forth the word of the Lord with boldness and um, who held it down. Y'all give a shout out to her. Glory to God. I honor my wife. Um, and all my sermon titles and even me thinking through sermons through many years, she, she gets the first partaker of it and shoots it down or says, that's the Lord. <laughs> she helps me with that. Oh, by the way, I, I just um, got an opportunity. I couldn't re, uh, resist. Um, a pastor friend of mine from Uganda reached out to me and he, um, he says, you know, pastor, he calls me Pastor PD, which is kind of like redundant, Pastor PD, right? And so he's a Pastor PD. Um, opportunity came um, some people want, want you to come and speak at this pastor's conference. It's an a African-only conference. They don't bring anybody outside of the continent, and specifically it's for Ugandan pastors. And they use, utilize Ugandan pastors. And they heard about what you did back in February, and they want you to come and be the speaker. I said, well, I'm supposed to come next year. And they said, well, they, I believe that this is a God opportunity. Why don't you talk to your wife and um, also um, pray about it? Before he got off the phone, I already booked my ticket. I said, I don't have to pray about that. Uh, she's like, what about your wife? And my wife would have been adamant and said, no, you can have 24 hours to cancel the ticket. I mean, that's, that's the way I think. And so I said, well, I said it's, it's, already, it's already, I already booked the ticket. So I'm going back to Uganda. Um, this time, not a month, and my heart is sad about that, but it's two weeks, about a week and a half. Um, and then the delay over is not in Dubai, which I was very upset about. It's a- actually in Qatar, and I'm like, I don't know anybody. I know people, in, I feel like I, I am Dubai. So I, I know my people are in Dubai. And I'm like, man, Qatar, now i got to establish new, new relationships. So um, it's, it's a wonderful, I'm leaving um, sometime in the end of August and, be, and coming back right before seven, um, 9-11. So y'all pray for me. Amen. It's hundreds of pastors that they're um, wanting me to speak at, and um, it's just a wonderful opportunity. Of course, I'm preaching all the time while I'm there. Amen. <laughs> so, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 15 says, For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live may no longer live for what? Themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. One died for all so that all could live for one. So we're living for the audience of one. Our goal is to please Jesus. Jesus died for you, not just so you can die and go to heaven, but before you go to heaven, he wants you to produce some fruit that will bring him glory. Amen. 
Glory to God. So one died for all so that all could live for one. And once, one time I, I was preaching along these lines and a young man was in the youth ministry and he was so inspired. He went out the next week and got it tatted on his neck. One died for all so all can die for one. I said, that means nothing to me. I said, you got to live it. Jesus is not impressed with your tats because that doesn't mean that you're, it's like getting a cross, but have you been crucified with him? So it's not enough to have all the right things. And just because you listen to the Mavericks and the Hill song and different music doesn't mean that you're saying, just because you go to the Kurt Franklin reunion concert doesn't mean that you are living for him. All right. Romans chapter six. Let's go. The fruit of kingdom living, the fruit of kingdom living. Romans chapter six um, verses. Uh, actually, it's Romans chapter seven. Romans chapter 7, verses 4 and 5, it says, Likewise, my brothers, you, all, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to what? Another. To him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may what? Fruit. fruit for God. God expects the believer to bear some fruit. He wants us to produce eternal fruit. Now, the fruit of kingdom living includes this. It includes the fruit of the Spirit. How many know the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians? Can you name them? Nine fruit of the Spirit. Love. Okay. So, so the nine gifts of the uh, nine fruit of the Spirit. Um, and then over in Philippians, Paul says, I pray that you will produce the fruit of righteousness. As a Christian, if Jesus comes inside of your life, it's, he's going to show up. Jesus doesn't want to just come in your heart and stay there. He wants to live his life through you. He wants to show up and show out and let the world know that you belong to him. So you're going to produce some fruit. <clears throat> There's also the fruit of kingdom living includes eternal fruit, fruit that will abound in eternity. So what we do for Jesus Old saying says, old song says, only what you do for Christ will what? Last. last. So if you're doing something for Christ, it will last both here and in the life to come. Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, he says, um, bodily exercises profit very little. In other words, it only profits for now. But godliness profits both now and in the life to come. So living for God will cause you to have some profit in the afterlife. Amen. Fruit that provokes the rewards of heaven. I'm telling you, um, I was listening to some gospel music and uh, I was listening to older gospel music and I realized they sung a lot about the coming of Jesus. They sung a lot about the, the great by and by. Uh, I used to hate the song, uh, we'll see it by and by, but the great by and by is coming. Um, going up yonder. Y'all know that song, right? They sing it at funerals. Um, um, you, you have all these songs, but I think that we need to think about eternity. I know about you, but I'm greedy. <laughs> I'm greedy when it comes to producing fruit that will cause me to have rewards in heaven. I want all of God's rewards that he has for me. And if you don't want to have any, I'll take yours. Amen. The fruit of kingdom living is the kind of fruit that the Lord is pleased and enjoys. The fruit of God. Are you producing fruit for God? Or are you producing fruit for death? Sin will cause you to produce death fruit. You know that it, it, it only takes, um, how many know one touch from God can change your life forever? Amen. 
But one touch from the devil can change your life forever. One accident. One, one, one word spoken by the wrong people can make an eternal stain on your heart. But if you're born again, the Bible says we're alive to God and dead to sin. We have been made alive through Jesus. And God expects, God who is your father expects you to produce some fruit for him. Are you living so radically before the Lord that you're producing eternal fruit or are you useless to God? Can, the God, can God use you? A fruitless Christian is a useless Christian and probably isn't a Christian. Uh, according to John 15, it says he takes the fruit that is not burning any fruit and he, he, he throws it into the fire, which speaks of that either you're progressing in God or you regressing. There's no one who's standing still. You can't tell me that you're walking with Christ and you're not producing any fruit. Something is wrong. If you know, if we, if we were to grow a plum tree and if it doesn't produce a plums um, in, in, in its season, something is wrong. Jesus cursed the fig tree, even though it wasn't a season for. And many scholars believe that the fig tree represented um, Israel because Israel wasn't producing fruit that was for eternity. Go with me with your Bibles real quick. John chapter 15 as we wrap up. John chapter 15. We started this a couple times, a couple weeks ago. John 15, we talk about the, um, the fruitful Christian. Everybody say the fruitful Christian. Not, um, not, the, not the kind of fruity Christians. We don't want to be fruity Christians. Christians who are not, who, who don't have it, like, you know, something is wrong. They call it what the elevator doesn't always go up to the top. We, I'm not talking about that type of Christian. And, there, and, there, and if that's somebody who's a Christian who the elevator doesn't come up, the elevator didn't come up before Christ. So Christ had nothing to do with that, right? Christ actually make the elevator go up. I mean, just, I just let me throw that out. Um, John chapter 15, verse 1, it says, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Uh, it sounds to me that it, we have to be aware of the fact that we are branches. And when we're connected to the vine, that we're going to produce some things. God the Father is the gardener. He's the vine dresser, a person who, who prunes, who trains, and cultivates the vines. Father God is a vine dressing, dresser. Is he pruning you? Is he training you? Is he cultivating a godliness in you? Philippians 1.6 tells us that uh, being confident of this one thing, that he that begun a good work in you will also finish that work until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some people have stopped the work of God in their lives. It's like having kids and you don't put something in them. And if you allow kids to have their way, then they won't get they won't have what they need to be successful adults. You got to put some good stuff in them um, and always running to the rescue of other people is not helping them. Sometimes it's good to ignore them. Um, don't, every time somebody has a need, if they always come to you, then you are their source. So sometimes it's good to say, no, I'm not going to do it. The Bible says if a person doesn't work, he shouldn't what? Eat. And so God uses hunger to motivate a person to work. And so you can interrupt the work of God by feeding per people who are never working. And so the same way God, there's believers who have stopped the work of God in their lives. God started this work, 
But because they're not yielding to God and living for God, they're not producing fruit for of kingdom living. Verse um, two, um, it says we're the branches. We're connected either to the true vine or a bootleg vine. You will produce either life or death. You're either bringing forth fruit that the father will get glory out of or the father will take you and throw you into the fire. Matthew chapter seven, verse 17 through 20 says this, that uh, we know the tree by its fruit. Healthy trees will produce good fruit. Disease or bootleg trees will produce bad fruit. The fruit will come out based on where the branches are connected. If you're not producing fruit, then you're not connected to the true vine. Wherever Jesus, when, wherever Jesus comes in, he will produce some fruit. You cannot have Jesus and produce bad fruit. God expects those who are connected to the true vine to produce good fruit for his glory. If you're not connected to the vine, then you're not producing good fruit. Therefore, you will be taken away. But if you are producing fruit, the Lord will prune you and cause you to produce more. Amen. Verse 3 says this. It says, you're already clean through the words that I've spoken. The Bible tells us that God cleanses us through the word of God. God cleanses us through the word of God. Someone asked me recently, um, they're going through some health challenges, and they said, you know, uh, it was a relative of mine, and they was like, God is, what is God saying to me? What is God teaching me? And um, they, they have a lot of health issues, and I said, absolutely nothing. God doesn't use sickness or disease or your challenges or trials to teach you anything. He does not use the enemy's tools to teach you anything because there's people who, 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 who are going through the same thing or worse and they're not becoming godly. So the lesson is not what God is teaching. That's the wrong question. Oh, how can I get the wisdom to overcome this? And, and, and this person is challenged, is challenged with some diabetes. Um, they're challenged with some, some health issues. And maybe it's, the, it's your bad choices. I wanted to tell her that. Uh, I said, maybe with some bad choices. Um, but I said, the bottom line is you can get wisdom. God can help you now. And so God is not teaching you anything because he teaches us through his word. He doesn't teach us through circumstances. You know, some people will make a decision whether God is with them based on circumstances. Circumstances do not tell me if God is present or absent. Because if you're if you're in this life, you're going to have some circumstances. And the, the, uh, the rain it falls on the just and the unjust. Uh, so it's not the trial that makes you, it's what you do in the trial. It's what you do in the trial. Knowledge is not power, it's applied knowledge that's power. And so if you don't apply what you know, you're not going to grow. Applied knowledge. It says you, God cleanses us through his word. He teaches us through the word of God. If you don't spend time reading the Bible, he's not teaching you anything. You can say, oh, oh, I'm out in the desert. Oh, what are you teaching me? Nothing. Get in the Bible. Oh, I just pray all the time. I pray all the time. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit says, Lord, let them get in the word. Let them get in the word. Let them get in the word. Because God needs the word to move in your life. God, the earth was without, without, without form and void. And God was there and nothing happened until the word was spoken. And until the word is given in your life, there's nothing God can do in your life. 
If, if you want to produce the fruit, the fruit that will last eternally, you got to get the word of God in you. And that word will produce fruit for all eternity. Amen. Amen. So how, how do we unplug from false vines? You know, there's some false vines that people have. Um, they, they're connected to the wrong friends. They, they're connected to their job more than anything else. They're connected to their family members. How do you unplug? First, you got to be born again. The moment you're saved is the moment you broke free from the false vines. God, God the Father chopped you off and divorces you from Satan and, and, and his imps. Uh, and then, then being born again, he removes the root of the false vines. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If anybody in Christ, he's a, she is a brand new creation. Something that has never existed before. God gives you a new root system. And then uh, um, you got to stay plugged in. In other words, you got to stay in contact with God on a daily basis. You got to stay in contact with God. How can you produce fruit if you're not in contact with the source that causes you to produce fruit? Abiding in Christ means to maintain a fruitful, productive living fellowship with him. To know him is to love him and to love him is to obey him and to obey him is to worship him. How do you worship God? By obeying him. Abiding in Christ means to stay in living in contact, living contact with him. It is a decision that you have to make every day, abiding in him. Christ isn't a one-time event. He's an everyday moment. Everyday moment. If you're battling um, doubt and unbelief, if you're, you're battling um, addictions, spend time in the word. The word will clean you up. The word gives you the way to change your way of thinking. Amen. My time is slipping away, so I'm going to give you six points real quick. Six points. Uh, I, I heard my wife make reference to my many points. Six points. So we're talking about the fruit, the fruit of kingdom living, the fruit of kingdom living. The first one is ELF, you know, acronym. Um, these, let me tell you about these six things. They, they might be radical. Um, they're, they're extremely practical, but over the top, as some will say, but they're, they're full of repetition and they go hand in hand. How many know you have to do extreme things um, to, to, to get unplugged from false vines? How many, you, you, you have to have to go all the way with God. I heard a song, and I think I played it for the kids on the way to Florida. Uh, 99 and a half won't do. Uh, he got once 100. <laughs> he wants 100. Um, I heard an old artist by the name of Keith Green. He says, if you can't come to me every day, then don't come at all. Um, he says, I want more than your Sundays and your Wednesdays. I want every day. I don't even come at all. He said, and in and, and this song, he says, Jesus rose from the dead. You can't even get out of bed. Keith Green, look him up. He'll change your life. Um, okay, so these are, are, are I, okay, I believe in having fun. I, I, I don't just listen to gospel music. You know, if you heard any of my little, my little, little, my big sermons, if you heard any of my big sermons, you know that I make reference to a lot of secular songs. <coughs> and, um, and on the way down there, we, we listen to secular songs, but good, clean secular songs. <coughs> Let me clarify that for Twinkie. Who, who also did a song with Missy Elliott, who wanted to come after my Luther, but we ain't talking about it. <laughs> I'm being petty. Um, so extreme, okay? This may, it's going to be extreme to the world and to your flesh. What I'm about to give you 
will be extreme, but I want you to produce some fruit for eternity. Um, I'm not saying you can't have fun. Have fun. Live. live. You know, uh, I mean, be silly and live and, and enjoy life. But you need to do these things on a daily basis. Um, this is the core of who we are. The Bible says, be holy even as I am holy. So here we go. F stands for following the leadership of the Spirit. Following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always produce fruit, help you to produce fruit that will last. So pray this prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to produce fruit to endure Jesus' fire. Help me to produce eternal fruit. Holy Spirit, help me to position myself for the maximum rewards in heaven. Help me with my time. Help me to live out the kingdom of God. Help me to, help me to bring many to Christ. Help me to go hard after Christ because he went hard after me. God, listen to this. This is not for you to repeat. God did not fill you with his spirit so you can be passive. God doesn't want you to be passive. There's too many passive Christians. They don't do it. They, 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 uh, they react and, and instead of responding. They don't set the standard. They, go, they follow standards of the world. But get on fire and let the world see you burn. Let the world see you burn on fire for Jesus. Become something that the world says, man, God is with them. Oh, be so full of God that, it, that when you walk in the room, your integrity goes before you. Your name smells like God. You keep your word. You pay your bills. You do what's right. You, you do what's right in the sight of man and in sight of God. You make demons tremble when you wake up. You live a life so full of God that it exposes darkness all around you. You produce fruit that the world can partake of. and says, you know, when I want to sense love, I go to PD. When I want to sense joy, I go to PD. I, when, when I want to experience prayer, I, I prayed for a couple of my aunts on the way to, um, to, to church yesterday. And, 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 and one was in the ER and she said, oh, baby, you're right on time. I need you to pray. And I prayed and God showed up on that phone while I was driving. And I'm telling you that be the one that you have such a prayer life that people come to you to pray for. They want you to pray for them because they know you can get a prayer through. Uh, uh, that you, you live such a way that you're following after the leadership of the Spirit every single day. Holy Spirit will lead you to find your keys. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen, listen, you got to start out with the little things. Sometimes people want to make the big decision. Lord, should I go to Africa? Uh, no, no. What about, Lord, help me to find my keys. You know exactly where my keys are. God, you know, I don't want to buy this thing again. So you know where it's at in this house. Sometimes we have clutter in the house and we do. And a lot of the clutter is duplicate things we buy because we can't find it. And so the Holy Spirit will help you. He'll help you save money. He'll help you get out of debt. He'll help you lose weight. He'll help you get healthy. You know, when you go to buy something to eat and you're like, oh, something on the inside. Don't do it. Don't do it. And, and you get it and you got gas. Oh, God, help me. Holy Spirit tried to warn us. He is so practical. He is so practical. He will lead you in the little things. Oh, he'll lead you to your children's history. What's going on in the phone? 
he'll he'll give you dreams. If you sometimes if you can't if he can't get to you while you're awake, he'll get to you while you sleep. And he'll give you a dream about something if he can't get to you while you're up. So following the leadership of the spirit every single day, the Lord will lead you. I, I'm telling you, I'm always blessed um, to get out of traffic. Um, sometimes, most of the time, traffic is on the other side, backed up for miles. And I miss all of that. The Lord will lead you and save you. Number R, number R letter R, we're, talk, we're spelling fruit. R, run after, run, excuse me, run hard after holiness. Run hard after holiness. Holy is who God is. It's not just an attribute of God. It's who he is. He is holy. I'm going to give you one scripture, and then um, I'm going to give you the rest, and then we're going to go home. Um, The closer we get to God, the more holy we'll become. Righteousness is the result of what Christ did for the believer. Holiness is what I do or what we do after we've been made righteous. Holiness is not just what you wear, but who you are. I know some denominations, they, you know, the women didn't have makeup, which they should have. Um, they, they didn't want to look at like Jezebel, but they did in the attitude. Uh, uh, I mean, makeup is not a bad thing. Um, and so, so <laughs> holiness is not, not wearing makeup and, and women not wearing pants. Uh, what do you do with the Scotland who the guys wear dresses? I mean, I mean, how do you do that? Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's a dress to me. Uh, uh, holiness is the way you think and how you live, how you talk, and how you live out the kingdom. If you mean as the devil, you're not holy. I mean, you could be. You need to be holy in our attitude. I mean, I met some mean want to be Christians. They mean as the devil. And say, oh, you, you, you full of it. And I don't want I don't care how much you speak in tongues, you shout and go to church. You, if you mean you're not of God and you're not holy. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 talks about let us run with patience the race that is before us, before us. Run after holiness in, uh, is, is another way of saying running after heart after God. He ran after us through Christ. We need to run after him. We need to run. He got a hold of us. Let's go after him. Um, my, my scripture that I'm going to say, um, say this, say, I want to be holy. I make a decision from this moment on to run after holiness. Make it, listen, listen to this, make it your business to be holy all the time. Make it your business to be holy all the time. Everywhere you go, you're holy. Uh, people can come in your house, look at your history, and see that you're holy. They can look at your life and see that you're holy. And if they can look inside of your thoughts, they can see that you're holy. Holiness. Behold his holiness and you will be holy. Uh, really, holiness is really walking in all of the fruit of the Spirit. If you just do all the eight fruit of, nine, fruit of, nine, nine fruit of the Spirit, you will be holy. Isaiah chapter 6. Let's go there real quick. My last scripture. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. We, let's look at Isaiah and see what he experienced. Run hard after holiness. It's too many Christians who are not concerned about their holiness. They're not concerned about your... We need to have spirit-filled and spirit-empowered efforts when it comes to our holiness. We need to go hard to be holy, to be set apart. I found myself over the last year or so praying, Lord, set me apart. Set, make me holy. Set me apart. I consecrate myself to you. I belong to you. 
I mean, it's good to say those things and hear yourself say that. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Um, in the year that this king died, Isaiah saw the Lord. Some of us need to kill our Uzziahs. We've got some kings that are blocking us from seeing the Lord. Let's go on. That's a sermon within itself. Verse 2. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. Notice this, that um, in, in, in Revelation, we, we understand that there are creatures around the throne of God, and they're declaring that he's holy. And I heard one guy say this, that every time the creatures go around, they get a, another glimpse of how holy he is. They never see him the same. Each time they get a revelation of the holiness of God. So that means that he's so infinite holy, it's going to take all of eternity to see how holy he is. The word holy is that he's another. He's not like us. There's a song came out when I was a kid. I wonder if God was just like us. No, he's not. He's holy. He's another. Let's, let's continue. And it says, um, I, just, I said, woe is me for I am lost, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. When you really behold his holiness, you really see how unholy you are. Isaiah says, woe is me. The holiness of God, I heard R.C. Sproul say this, the holiness of God causes trauma to the soul of man. That you, it's like, man, I can't believe you are really holy. You know, I used to tease this, but I'm going to bring it back. People say, I'm, you know, there's a song called I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. He calls me friend. And sometimes people have made, we have brought him down to our level and called him our homie. God is not your homie. He may be your best friend, but he's your king and your Lord and your God. And we cannot remove the honor that, that he deserves. And so we don't want to bring him down to our level. Because if he really wants to come in this room, everybody here will be on their face and singing, holy, holy, holy. For I'm a man or a woman with unclean lips. And it goes on and talks about how he was cleansed. Let's go on to the next part. Um, you, unfollow yourself in the world. Unfollow yourself. As a, Christian, as a Christian producing fruit, you got to unfollow yourself. Matthew 6 tells us to lose our lives, deny yourself, deny your desires, deny your dreams, deny your purposes, deny your agenda, and go hard after him in his kingdom. Decide to never let him go. Unfollow yourself. Listen, maybe your dream, I recently I, had to get, I, I, I gave up on a dream. I had a dream. Since I was a little boy, I had a dream, a dream. They told you to dream big. And this was a dream. And the Lord challenged me to let that dream go. John Maxwell says we need to test the dreams that we have. Just because it's in, the, in your heart doesn't mean it's from the Lord. Sometimes we borrowed a dream from our parents. Sometimes we borrowed dreams from a commercial. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, we gotta give up our dreams if he asks us. I, I means to immerse yourself into his word, into his kingdom. 
Immerse yourself. Become so heavily minded that you're some earthly good. I know that we said we heard the opposite. To be heavily minded is to be no earthly good. No, to be heavily minded is to be earthly good. To be super dumb, deep minded is to be no earthly good. Become conscious of him all the time. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is to acknowledge him in all our ways. So immerse yourself into his world. His world is his kingdom and his word. I heard Gladys Knight say, I'd rather be in his world than to be in mine. When I was on my way, on our way to Georgia, through, going to Florida, on our way to Georgia, we played Midnight Train to Georgia. <laughs> and then we put on the gospel version of it. Vicky Wine is Midnight Train to Glory. <laughs> uh, immerse yourself. We should rather, you should laugh at that. We should rather be in his world than ours. I'm almost for T. T stands for time. Time with Christ, both in church and prayer and in pursuit of his will. Time with Christ. You got to maximize your time. And I'll give you a bonus. S. S. Uh, for fruits, right? Um, S. Stay the course. Don't get off the path. Because after you go, you know, it is possible for you to shipwreck your faith. You can be, it's not the one who starts the race, but it's the one who endures. You got to endure to the end. If you endure to the end, you'll win. You should, you'll, you'll win. You got to endure to the end. See, some people that I, I, I remember people in high school, they were so hard. They were going after God and, and strong. And it, that doesn't don't be ever impressed because somebody's on fire for God. Will, will you be on, pray, on fire for God 20 years from now? Will you be on fire for God and, at your at your deathbed? Right. I, will you love Jesus despite what's happening? That that's that's that stay the course. It, it's not it's, it's it's been steady. Rock steady, right? <laughs> Whispers. Um, you gotta be steady, steady, steady. I relate everything to a song. I mean, I I I'm telling you, I, I really like music a lot. I mean, I think God, God is music, you know, and I just I think that um OJ's got a song called I Love Music. And uh, it's just something about music and it speaks to the heart i met some people who say they don't like music i was just wondering if they were saved or not <laughs> you know uh, I, there's gonna be music in heaven i'm telling you god and i'm convinced you you i mean this is uh, this is doctrine according to pd um i'm convinced that when we go to heaven new edition is going to be leading in worship I, i'm convinced you can't convince bobby brown is going to be like every little step and they're talking about jesus i'm convinced i'm persuaded uh, <laughs> thank you lord Thank you, Lord. They're going to be singing Mr. Telephone, man, everything. <laughs> and the Lord said, this is for you, Petey. <laughs> um, all right. So I want you, I want to challenge you today. I want you to, to live in such a way that you go hard after God. Give yourself over to God every day. Pray and read the Bible and feed yourself the word of God. Every single day, get so full of God that when things don't go your way, your love and your joy and your faith will carry you through. You're going to go through hell, but let you know that you can have a little bit of heaven while going through hell because you're, you're loving and you're serving God. You live for God regardless of what's happening. Every head bow, every eye close. I want to give you an opportunity if you're here and you say, Pastor Dwayne, I'm not born again. I don't know this Jesus you speak of, but I want to give my life to Jesus. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. And today is your day to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Jesus died for you and for your sins. And he wants you to live for him. If you're here, and you be bold and brave enough to lift up your hand and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus.
I want to give my life to Jesus. Is there one? If you say, Pastor Dwayne, I was once living for Jesus, but now I'm in a backslidden condition. I want to come back home. If you're here and you want to come back home to Jesus, I want you to be bold and brave enough to lift your hand and say, that's me. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Number three, if you're here and you say, Pastor Dwayne, I heard you talk about speaking in tongues and I want to receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues and I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to be brave enough to lift your hand and say, that's me. I want to receive this wonderful gift called the Holy Spirit and tongues. Is that you? You cannot speak in tongues but would like to speak in tongues. Is there one here? Say, that's me. And number four, if you're here and you say, I want to make this my church home. I'm looking for a church home, and I believe that you are to be my pastor. You're to do my premarital counseling, my postmarital counseling, and even do my baby dedication. And if you're still living, I want you to do my funeral. If you need a pastor and you, you want to make this your church home, I want you to be bold and brave enough to lift up your hands and say, that's, that's me. That's me. All right, let me just pray a general prayer. Father God, I thank you for this wonderful opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray that we will all produce fruit from kingdom living. Help us to live in such a way that we are producing fruit by accident. We're producing more fruit by accident than we do on purpose just because we're so full of you. Father, I thank you, Father, that we're producing fruit and that I thank you that this message will forever be etched in our hearts that every day we'll choose to produce fruit for eternity. Every single day, Holy Spirit, we pray that you will help us to maximize, um, and position ourselves to maximize the opportunity to produce fruit. God, we want to produce fruit that's worthy of you, that will bless this world. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you all uh, for... Um, um, sharing the word, hearing the word of God with such faith and anticipation. I just pray that you would apply what you've heard so that you can have some food in heaven. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 1854, Perth Amboy, New Jersey, 08862. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email. The address is partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. Until next time, God bless you.